Hello, I'm Ricky. And I'm Joe, and this is uh, Season 5, Episode 8 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. Uh, it comes supposed to come out on 5-23-2022, so if you're listening to this in the future, I'm sorry for that stutter, and if you're listening to it in the past, you have a time machine. Um, otherwise, uh, we are going to start right into it. We're going to talk about uh, a mead. No. Sorry, a Merlot that I made. We're going to talk about a Merlot that I made uh, over the summer. Ricky's been like sipping on it. Um, it's basically a 12% ABV, um, five gallon of Merlot that I made. And I think this is the second to last bottle that I have of it. Um, we also are going to like get into some stuff about bots and stuff like that. So it should be a good episode. So what do you think, man? In all honesty, I really want to know how you made this i don't remember this particular brew but it's real good oh i mean i'm not generally a big wine person um in terms of making my own you know i'll do like a strawberry wine or something but that's that's only called a wine because of the abv you know it's not really a, a real wine um we you know we've made some red wines in the past with like grape juice and stuff like right. that they were okay but they weren't that great but this is really smooth it's like semi-sweet, which I like. Like it's not really sweet, but it's not dry. Mm -hmm. And you know, you get a little bit of that uh, oaky flavor to it. There's some of that, you know, those tertiary flavors that you don't generally get. So, like, did you go buy like Merlot grapes for this? I I, I did buy a Merlot grape concentrate for mm -hmm. this, um, but I uh, also put some wine tannin in it and some other things uh put some clear clarifier in it that mm -hmm. doesn't really affect the taste so much but um this has just been setting for um uh a about eight months so at this point i think um mm -hmm. so it's just been uh like i kind of did it last fall and it's been setting and i've been waiting for you to uh to try it that whole time um and it wasn't quite it wasn't quite ready to bottle when um you uh um when you got the christmas brews mm -hmm. that i made for you mm -hmm. so you didn't get any over christmas but i made it around the same time that i made those brews okay yeah yeah i mean this is this is pretty good it was you like might... 60 bucks for the kit it made five gallons mm -hmm. um which made uh my math is a little bit off but it's like 40 bottles and then i have like a couple of these uh, little 12 ounce bottles that makes mm -hmm. about two glasses worth of wine um sorry for making that noise as i set that back down but um yeah man look the the legs on it are nice it's got nice tannic value it is a really clear like yep. a ruby Real red clear. very clear. good smell to it Mm -hmm. I, I'm surprised. I, I made a couple of kits because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, you can get your own grapes and you can like mash them or you can buy the grape juice concentrate. Yep. And so I've, I've made a couple of kits now that kind of showed me some of the places that we went wrong with making the juice mm -hmm. juice. And so I think what I'm going to do is go back and buy some more grape juice and make it with the right same method yeah, yeah. and see if that ends up being as good as, as the, I'm going to do a pie mint too, where I get some great grape juice and do it the same way because the pie mint that I made off of the same sort of grape kit mm -hmm. was phenomenal. 
And unfortunately, I don't have any more because it was so good. (laughs) (laughs) I think I have one bottle left that I'm letting age for a year. So I'm going to make another one. But that was only a one-gallon batch versus making a – or it was a two-gallon batch versus making a five-gallon batch. And, I I mean, I think – at this point, I pretty much need to make five-gallon batches whenever I'm making these things because they're getting to be good enough that oh yeah, they're absolutely. not experiments. Yeah, I mean, that was that was really nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. And uh, just to let you know, that went completely dry. It's, really? It's, one, it's 1.0. It just has perceived sweetness because of the – I didn't back-sweeten it anything. I just let yeah. it go. Yeah. Well, yeah, semi-sweet is probably not the right word, but like 1.0 is still – some residual sugar because the plain alcohol go down to like right. nine nine. Right. So yeah, just even that little bit extra, it keeps it like right at water, which is maybe right. the better way to describe that. It's like wet, yeah. you know. Um, so it's, let, it's not sweet. It's just not dry. Right. Yeah. Well, it it. it so when I first got it uh, off the the lees and everything, mm-hmm. it was very like mouth puckering, and there's something about the. Um, tannic value that's in there that even though it, the astringency like it brought out some of the sweetness i'm not really sure how to describe it, it just made it have a better mouth yeah, feel i get overall. what you're saying yeah but you know that is really one of those benefits from using these wine grapes you know you know you go buy grape juice at the store and it's not going to have particular flavor profiles when it's aged because it's not you know right i want to say engineered but it's not selectively bred for those characteristics you know um, whereas these wine grapes are, yep. and that's kind of the big benefit of, of getting those kits like that. The next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take and I'm going to put half of it. I'm going to get another of these five gallon kits. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a cab, I think, and I'm going to get some whiskey chips, some okay. like yeah, yeah. oak barrel chips that have uh, like rum or whiskey. I'm not sure which one. And then I'm going to put them in that in it at the finishing mm-hmm. and see like if I can get myself a nice barrel aged kind of flavor out of it get some of those buttery notes some of those nice things so excited about it man um this this is this is going to be the next thing and the next time that we get together and brew i am looking forward to trying like you know to do something like that with you also since we're talking about and and i just i laid that down too hard i don't understand i i I have eliminated the bumping like i'm not hitting anything here but i still make noise um anyways i I made a candy corn mead Mm -hmm. and uh now i use man-made meads uh recipe for that um but it is like 17 percent abv it is crazy high um and then i use i made a blueberry hibiscus mead like okay. traditional yeah, yeah. mellow mel thing um so we're, or it's a it's a blueba mel or something like that but I, i'm gonna try to like get that to turn out right i've got three gallons of the blueberry one and i've got one gallon of the candy corn mead so we'll be trying that probably in the second half of the season okay so that i'm i'm gonna try to also make a, a pumpkin mead like in the next couple of weeks so that it'll be ready by by halloween there you go yeah yeah i'm i'm finally ready to start gearing up to be brewing stuff again myself you know now that we're moved into the house and pick out the cabinet i'm gonna put everything in when it's brewing and i'm very excited for it i'm i'm looking forward to it because generally between the two of us we come up with something that's pretty fun oh yeah some fun stuff yeah you know one of the last things i made when we were i mean in the house even we were we i just 
forced enough space in to make it work was that strawberry wine, which was yeah. really good, but it, it needed still a decent amount of work. Like the primary flavor was there, but it had no secondaries, had no tertiaries, and the mouthfeel was not the best. Was not right. No. So I, I'm thinking about getting that kit again and then trying to fix up a lot of those problems. Well, we, we uh, if you wanted to like get it and then mm-hmm. like us do it together, I could like kind of like if you went through every step together, I could show you like the stuff that I do to get this now, mm-hmm. and that might help with that. Yeah, very well yeah. could. You know, really, it was just it was just made plain as the kit. There were n- nothing else added in, and that that was a decent flavor but it really needed like some white tea or something in there to give it a little bit more tannin to give it a something other than just this is a strawberry yeah well you really what you really need to do if you're gonna have it like work Mm -hmm. the way that it's supposed to is take that um this is completely off topic from what i planned for a (laughs) starter but i mean sure this could become the thing that Mm -hmm. we talk about this this uh, episode because i I, i'm so nerdy about brewing um, but so, or, or what I found with wines that are especially like fruit wines, um, you need to add tannin and step feed nutrients. Um, like if you really want them mm-hmm. to get the best flavor out of them. Um, and so, uh, you know, having like some sort of schedule, like a Tosna schedule and giving it some sort of, um, tannic value at the beginning mm-hmm. and then, cause that'll, that that will help the overall mouthfeel. Um, so something like a red wine tannin, even in like white wines, yeah, gives it that like tannic value. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like crushed up chestnut holes or something like that. But it it gives it enough of the like feeling that it that it had wood in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that that I think those two things right there would be all that really needs to move forward like to be a because it was it was smooth it was great it just didn't develop its other flavor profiles that it could have yeah Yeah. well that's the thing with that that mix you know again back to grapes have been selectively bred for a very long time to naturally have a lot of those other flavors to them whereas that strawberry wine mix was literally it's like strawberry concentrate with a couple other fruits to round it out like pear and apple and stuff like that so it's it's never really ever gonna on its own develop those other flavors so you got to introduce something yourself to put those in and that's what i'm excited to kind of play around with well it will so it will develop some other flavors if it ages on certain things so what i mean by that is like if yeah that's that's an additive but like if you if you drop some like French oak in, for mm-hmm. instance, it'll develop, it'll, it'll get flavors and then it'll also help to develop certain flavors that are within the, um, the, the must itself, whatever the wine is that you're making, whether it's, you know, peach, pear, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, those are two things, but I mean, there's also other things that I've seen people do where they, so like, for instance, one other thing that you could do with that particular wine since it was basically a strawberry mix in secondary you could take some frozen strawberries put them in there like and and have them so that they it's it's not so much for flavor but it's for all the other things that strawberries yeah, and give. get some tannins and pectins in there yeah exactly and that helps with clearing the wine with all the other things that you want it to do mm-hmm. and it really gives it like um, a certain uh, uh feeling it's not it's not really mouthfeel but you're right tea um tannin you know things like that that will 
hugely improve that process for that wine. I'm I, I'm excited. You're talking about making it again. I love the wine, so yeah, it's it gonna, was really good. Gonna get get some more, but some you know. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I might ruin it the first time, but uh, one of the things I've been looking out for things to add to it for at this point like almost two years like it's been a while since we had that wine mm-hmm. um and we found this tea through one of my wife's friends it's called uh I think it's like unicorn tears or something mm-hmm. like that um it is legitimately an incredibly good tea it's a herbal tea um that's got almost this like a little bit of a citrusy vanilla sort of flavor to okay. it that i think would pair with that really well my only concern is it's a very interesting color for tea um it is like almost blue Mm. so you know it's not necessarily bad you mix blue and red you're gonna get purple Purple. maybe depending on on where that or it could just strip it out or like not maybe there yeah Yeah. part of i'll have to play around with it like adding alcohol to it because the whole reason it's called unicorn tears is some of the stuff they put in it these herbs for them um, react like color wise oh. to acids. Yeah. So, like you know, if you've ever seen you, you brew like a black tea, but yep. you put lemon in it, it becomes like orange Orange. because yep. a lot of that stuff uh, chemically reacts. So if you put an acid to that, it changes the color. Right. So I might uh, like buy a little like vodka or something like that. That's clear. Add that in, see what does that change the color profile to, to maybe get a better idea for what the actual additive color is going to be. Yeah. Cause you know, I can get away with, with most colors. I think you can do, uh, green has the potential to show up there, which that wouldn't be the best. <laughs> a little hard to get someone to drink something very green. I'd still, I'd see. still drink it as long as I knew that it was like green because of like something that you intended for it. Yeah, to yeah. Do. It's, it's supposed like, to be green. Yeah, it's like the brown wine in that. What was that movie that uh, Chris Pine was in? It was about winemakers in California. Oh, I just his dad made made this wine. It was mm-hmm. a Chardonnay. And it won some sort of French thing. And it's like, I don't know that I really loved the movie. Mm-hmm. That's why I can't remember the name and stuff like that. But it just made me think about nobody wanted to drink it because it turned brown. But it turned out that because it hadn't been, had absolutely no oxidization. And that was a very rare thing to have happen. Mm-hmm. It was actually a masterfully made wine. Okay. So, like, maybe your green wine would be a masterfully made wine. That's true. Versus, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's uh, avant-garde. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you want some more of this wine? Actually, yeah. It's really good. Uh, all right. I'll, I'll pour you some more. more. Yeah. So, um, let's talk about uh, bots ruling our chats. Or we can continue to talk about brewing. Uh, I'll let you choose. Which one would you like to do? Uh, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to say this. Bots can try and rule chat. They're awful. I hate them. <laughs> yeah. I having just moved this this weekend, I tried to set up my internet service several times via the only help they wanted to give me initially, which was these automated little setup things and chat bots and all that stuff. And man, that was not a fun experience at all. Um temporarily I have switched back to Spectrum instead of Google Fiber. Just because I'm going to get an addition put on the house, and that's where the utilities are. Okay. So I'm already going to have to have um, a lot of utilities rerouted. And the house doesn't... They've done some weird stuff with the cabling. I don't okay. know if they self-installed it or what. But they're running the cables across the house instead of up into the attic and doing a wall drop. 
Oh. So it's like, oh my gosh, I try and get fiber in here. This is going to be a nightmare. I really need to call a contractor to run all the, the current wiring correctly first. Yeah. Um, and then I can worry about that. So I'm going to have Spectrum for a couple months. But yeah, they just walked me through this setup over and over. And I'm like, guys, it's not working. <laughs> and eventually I just called somebody and went through all the like, nope, I don't want help. Nope, stop reading me all these things. I know how to cook up a modem. Come on, come on. And the guy was like, oh, you've hooked it up to multiple coax and it still doesn't work? Yeah. Have you tried multiple coax cables? Yeah. Oh, we just might not have an active line to that house. I'll send a technician out. That's all it was. Yeah. They they send me all this self hookup setup stuff, and they didn't. I guess they don't track whether or not they actually have a line. So that, that was from Spectrum yep. that was doing that. Oh, mm-hmm. so I, I thought you were saying I had problems with Google Fiber. Oh no no no! Google Fiber has always been great. I just haven't called them out because I knew that was going to be a whole big yeah thing. Um, I want to get the the cabling in the house working properly before I worry about putting in my long term ISP. We had a coworker, or we have a coworker mm-hmm. who did the Google fiber thing mm-hmm. like, where with me, I had like this brilliant experience. Every time I've ever had anyone come out from Google or the contractor come out, it's always been great. He was like, this has been a crap show. You know, this is to- totally mm-hmm. terrible. I hate this Google messing everything up. I mean, he, he was using more explicit yep. explicatives than that, but yeah. So I, I was kind of like, Oh, this is interesting. His experience. So I'm going to be interested to see what happens with you, especially since you have to get a new line and my Google mm-hmm. fiber was already run here. Yeah. Well, I got a new line in my old house. I didn't tell my landlord I was doing it, but uh, I did get Google oh. fiber set up <laughs> on uh, on my rental and it was a pretty good experience, but I'd also kind of, I'd already planned it all out. Yeah. And we already had some existing cabling infrastructure inside the house. So like, all he had to come in was actually like drill the equipment into the house. Right. And then everything on the inside was already done. Gotcha. Um, so that might've been the difference for the coworker is if he doesn't have that sort of stuff, um, I can see it being a problem because when they came out, they he brought, already had cat five run and everything. Like oh, that. then yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I'm not going to say his, his experience is incorrect. He I also think experience. that he's a person that likes to stir the pot a little bit sometimes. Oh, that's very and, true. um, but yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but yeah, it, uh, it's interesting. I'll tell you. I'll say this about the house I'm in now, though. They've got whatever it is, the RJ eighteen nineteen, the phone lines. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, RJ. Um, it's fifteen. Uh, no, I think it's um, nineteen. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, they've got phone lines run to like almost every single room that they did do correctly and drop out of the ceiling. So I don't know why they ran all the coax through the, the around the building. But um, I'm going to get some cablers to come out and just take out all of those phone lines and put in Ethernet. Yeah. Because I've already got everything, all the, the wall drops for them. You may want to consider leaving the phone lines as, like, secondary pull wires to add. And when they come out, they're probably going to try to put in Cat5e, but try to get them to put in yeah, not Cat5e. Cat6 yeah. or Cat7. Yeah. I mean, because once it's, once it's put it's in, in, yeah. It's it's there, and you can run to you can upgrade to ten gig or two point five gig with no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll that'll be ball. I'll start being jealous of you, and you then you can upgrade to the two gig plan with no issues. Yep. For Google, you know, um, which yeah, it's it's good. It's it's really good having that plan. Just you know, I wish I could take full advantage of it as much as I. I can only take full advantage of it whenever it's in certain situations. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the topic that I had put in was really sparked by this whole thing with Twitter and the acquisition of Twitter mm-hmm. and um, them talking about how many bots are 
on Twitter. Now, I hate interacting with bots mm-hmm. in a like, hey, let me interact with this bot to do X, Y, and Z for something that I need help with. But when I want status information, I love it. Like, it, I don't have to, like a webhook or something that's able mm-hmm. to return some information through a, like a chat bot or something. I'm just like, hey, what's my balance on my, you know, account yeah. or something like that. Oh, please. I don't want to talk to a person or like have to go like sign in to like a mm-hmm. thing. I can just go someplace and just say, hey, you know, slash balance. And it just shows me the balance and it's in like either an encrypted chat or something like that. I am good. But what scares me is the thought because it's already heading in that way mm-hmm. where just everything that you have is mediated so that you're never able to get to an, ad, an actual person. Yeah. Yeah. And we're just, we're just cutting out human interaction and compassion and the ability to like really have a good experience. Now, sometimes when it does work, it's great, you know, but the fact that it, that it just, it's only automated that it's, yeah. You know, they've t- they're completely taking the humans out of it. That bothers me. Yeah, I forget what we were working on. Um, something to do with my wife. I don't remember right now anymore exactly what it was. But we were, were working with some company that she had to work through. And there was no people involved. Um, some sort of transfer process was not working. And it was only bought. It was only automated. And when she did finally find a number she could call a person, they said, oh, we can't do anything. The, the bots do it all. Yeah. Um, you can try again tomorrow and see if the thing's working. Yeah. <laughs> and at the time, it was a fairly important thing. I don't, I don't 100% remember. I think actually maybe she was trying to pay a bill or something like that. I know it was financial in some nature. And we, but we haven't had like loans that we had to pay off for a while. So it had to be something like that. So... Yeah, I mean, at what point is it like, look, you're, you've built the great automated system, wonderful, but you have no people backing it up. So when it doesn't work, yeah, you're just screwed. Yeah, exactly. What what's going to happen when it doesn't mm-hmm. work? Yeah. So, I'm. I mean, I don't really know where I'm going with that chat. It's not like I have any. Like I can go, don't make bots. Don't make bots that only are bots. But you know, like don't make it so that that's the only way I can pay my bill or exactly. like if my if i need troubleshooting done for a problem that that's the only way i can get troubleshooting done and i can't get mm. to a person eventually yeah 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 or you know even just notification systems people don't think about that stuff as much that like once you start engaging with people you you really have to have a fairly fine amount of accuracy before you start affecting people's lives like right i remember i had a i was in a meeting with somebody i think it was our old manager um and I was, it was wrapping up, so I started checking some of the mail. And I had a, a letter that was like, oh, hey, um, we're turning your water off today. <laughs> I was like, excuse me? <laughs> so I, I let her go. And I called and was like, what? This is saying I have uh, an unpaid bill, but when I go check my balance, it's fine. And you've scheduled me for termination today. Because I don't. I don't get a lot of mail, so I don't check it every single day. Yeah. So they sent it to me like last week, and I just was just now checking it. And they were like, "Oh, I mean, you're all paid." Like, well, uh, yeah, yeah, I am. But what's going on? Are you going to turn my electricity? Off? I mean, my uh, my water off? And they're like, "No, no, you're not scheduled for anything." I don't know why it sent you that. <laughs> I was like, oh, "Okay." And they sent it to me again, and they didn't know. 
Um, and I think what it is is basically when you sign up for the account, it uh, it sets your whatever date as when you signed up for it yep. as your pay date, but it still considers a bill late in the little automation system if it's past, I think, like the 10th of the month. Right. So I think my payday was like the 11th. So it probably was just like, oh, you didn't pay your bill and sent me some automated, like, he didn't know where the letter was getting sent from. He didn't know what system flagged it. And it's, you know, <laughs> I, 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 like, I work in automation, right? Like, as I'm stuttering through it, like, I understand automated data collection. I understand that, especially for larger businesses or you're servicing a lot of people, you can't have it completely human run. Right. One, there will be errors. Two, it's going to take forever. It, you, there has to be some level of automation. But once you start making that effort to, like, I'm going to automate interacting with my users, you really got to get that right. Yeah, and because if you it's don't get easy. it right, it messes everything up. Yeah, like, if that was not, like, my water provider, which I have no say in because it's city water, if that was, like, a regular service I was using... That might have been a, like, I need to switch to somebody else because you guys are, are thinking about, like, switching my stuff off. Look at that, my internet provider. Yeah. If Google, like, if Google <laughs> did that to me, I might go back to Spectrum or AT&T or something like that because, like, you can't shut my internet off in the middle of the day. I work from home. <laughs> that's not, you know? not going to work out. That's not going to work out at all. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, you, you got to be careful with stuff like that. Well, speaking of bots, let's talk about Blizzard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, Blizzard was bought by Microsoft. And I, during the whole hog hog fiasco, that's, I mean, still it's technically going on, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we got distracted with, uh, everything else that's, that's happening in the world and have just kind of forgotten about Hong Kong, but Hong Kong still has problems. Uh, it's still being changed. Uh, and there's people there who are kind of not happy with that. Right. Um, so, uh, the the Hong Kong situation uh, made me like okay look I'm just I'm not going to get involved with with Blizzard Activision doing stuff yeah. I, I had a World of Warcraft account I've been playing it since like beta you know mm-hmm. World of Warcraft um, but I didn't delete my account I just like stopped paying for it I I shut everything off and I just quit playing their games um, and I I. I like to play through like Diablo and stuff like that once or mm-hmm. twice. Um, I still every now and then would like to pick up like Diablo three or something, but I haven't like picked, I, I have all those games because I bought them before that, but I haven't picked it back up you know, yeah, yeah. since then. Now Microsoft has bought Blizzard. Mm-hmm. All those games are licensed under Microsoft. Does that mean that all that stuff is now open for me to play again? Is it, it is like Blizzard like actually accessible again, or do I have to um, still like stay away from them. Yeah, it's so hard to tell in those things like that. Like I've boycotted EA for a really long time. I won't play any EA games. Um, so I, I see exactly where you're coming from. I'm I'm really almost on that same fence with Bethesda. Even though Bethesda's done nothing like really awful. Yeah. Um, but you know, Bethesda got acquired by Microsoft. I've been watching that to see like is this getting better? Like is this going to be? Is, is some of those things we've talked about Bethesda doing in the past uh, in terms of just like bad game design and yep. bad customer support and leaking stuff is uh is that going to get better and i don't know the anniversary edition thing kind of kind of pissed me <laughs> off a little bit i'm still waiting to see uh starfield got delayed of course i didn't really care that much about starfield yeah. so you know we'll we'll see i think maybe my only answer is i don't know yet we'll see if uh 
the people involved in that are really gone? How much has Microsoft taken over versus how much has Microsoft decided? Well, you know, we're, we're going to let you run independently still, but we're just one chunk of the pie. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think they're trying to, like, from, a, from a strategy perspective, mm-hmm. Microsoft's trying to buy up these um, gaming companies yeah. so that they can bolster their Xbox and oh, Windows absolutely. gaming because of the Steam Deck, mm-hmm. you know, and of PlayStation and the Nintendo Switch. They've got to kind of combat some of those things that are going to be native gaming uh, on their platforms and yeah. if they want to really like have those big ips they're going to have to have some big first party ips other than halo yeah absolutely yeah and they don't i mean like they canceled some of their other big ips like uh, fable and stuff mm-hmm. like that so now they're probably trying to find some other ones and and the elder scrolls is going to be a big one for them oh yeah right um so like i totally get it totally with that um and and blizzard being part of it I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Like, are we now going to be able to play World of Warcraft on Xboxes? Is that is that going to be a thing? That's true. Is do you uh, like if that you have a PC PC license? Do you get mm-hmm. the P, do you get the Xbox license if you have a subscription? That'd be a really interesting idea. Like a real serious MMO on a console. Um, how does that work? So you already can do that. Well, yeah, I know there's a couple out there, but like nothing touches WoW. You know, well, like. It's pretty close. The Elder Scrolls Online, with complexity and size and everything, mm-hmm. is pretty close to, to World of Warcraft, and that's a fully playable on both Xbox and PlayStation. And then you have things like um, the um, uh, Forgotten Realms um, uh, RPG, the Dungeons and Dragons one. Yeah. Um, that that's out there. Uh, that's the MMO. But I mean, the, like World of Warcraft in its complexity could have the same sort of thing as like the elder scrolls online so i don't see there's nothing technically that would stop it from being able to do that Mm -hmm. you would be able to do it they would just have to like make the buttons work with the yeah they'd have to figure out uh how do you keep that competitive are you mixing people together you you keeping them apart because you know mmo is so heavy um in terms of like such a passionate user base right you got people with macros all over the place that are you know they've got a hundred buttons at their at their disposal. <laughs> so how do how do you uh, keep that looking looking sharp? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to that. Um, maybe maybe I'll go back. I might I might play some Diablo four. I don't know. I don't. I haven't. So that that all happened right when I started to play uh, Warcraft three again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had bought Warcraft three Reforged, and I never really got to experience it. Um, so oh, like, really? yeah, cause I was like, I'm just not, I'm not going to play these. Like, I'm not going to do this right mm-hmm. now. Um, but maybe I'll go back and play that and I'll give it and I'll see how I feel morally. Yeah. If I feel bad, uh, after that, I'll be like, nope, nope, I just shouldn't play these games. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like they look, the, the rich people are such douches sometimes, right? They just gave the CEO that, that guy that like did all the like bad mm-hmm. stuff they just gave him like a walking paper and like a whole bunch of money. And we're yep. just like, yeah, here you go. Retire, retire yep, in peace. Exactly. You, you terrible person. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's awesome. You know? So I, I don't know. I, I don't, and, and I'm not saying like, I'm not talking about like, you know, the 5% of people that are just wealthier than everybody else. I'm talking about the 1% of those people that are just like ultra mm. rich do like all sorts of like stupid stuff yeah. or ultra privileged people that, you know, just kind of get away with stuff. And then, you know, you have people that aren't 
rich that mm. do stupid mm. stuff like that. Yeah, it was like a, I forget if it was J.P. Morgan or Citibank or or which one, but um, one of the the international banks has really been hit hard this last year or two, and for the first time ever, the shareholders voted not to give him his like. It was a ridiculous. It was like more than a hundred million dollar bonus. That's <laughs> his bonus, and it's like okay, yeah, all right. My, I make a paltry one million dollars for my salary, but this year I'm going to go to the poorhouse because I didn't get my bonus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. Again, I don't want to throw a number out there because I don't remember the number, but in in the back of my mind, it's tingling that it was like six hundred million dollars or something like yeah. that. It was like more than half a billion. That's just his yearly bonus. For maintaining the bank, and it's like, I'm in the wrong line of work, man. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, look, but here's the thing: you're a flabbergasted. I didn't get my quarter billion dollar or half a billion dollar bonus after our stocks went down thirty percent. What are you talking about? Yeah, so this is crazy. It, it was this a, is in, insane. Yeah, the the financial news was like, oh, this is a, a very powerful symbol. To those, like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's telling it's telling telling the people that run these things to watch out or the really rich people will come at you. But it's just more rich people. I mean like ninety percent of stock is owned by other corporations, yeah. other like investment firms. So like if if they voted for him not to get it, it's not like the average person voted for yeah. it. You know, <laughs> you and me didn't vote for that. Other rich people voted for that. It's rich people telling other yeah. rich people you'd have less money. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think we're undecided on the first two topics. We're just complete. We have no conclusion other than let's just babble on about this thing. Uh, but let's talk about gaming on Chromebooks. I actually think we yeah, might yeah, have yeah. some stuff that's like really good here. So you get you get a intel-based chromebook i'm hoping mm-hmm. an arm base soon too mm-hmm. you get intel-based chromebook and you get on the beta and everything like that and you can download steam not the android version of steam but like a native version of steam mm-hmm. and install steam games on the chromebook what do you think about that i mean as long as all the drivers there support it and play it well i'm not against that you know i kind of like the diversity in hardware that you can get nowadays you know i know we've been talking a lot about emulators and stuff like that you know it uh Especially because Chrome, look, okay, this is getting a little meta right yeah. here. A lot of universities will like pay help pay for a Chromebook. You, yep. you know, they won't so much for a regular laptop necessarily, unless it's like one that comes through them. But you know, I know that's something that like my wife experienced, where like they were like, ah, we'll we'll give you a laptop if it's got these particular specs and stuff like that. And uh, you know, now that you know that could be a Chromebook that could play some games. I mean, I'm sure there's some young college students out there. I would love to take that leap. Well, so think about it like this. I've got um, one of the first Google Chromebooks. It's an mm-hmm. Intel i5. Um, it got it's great battery life. I'm going to get on that beta. I, it play. It has Linux support. It's got everything else. And it was like 500 bucks or 600 bucks or something like that. I think that's that's in PC territory. But if it's got the good performance and other things like that. Um, and it's running an OS that has all of this other like free stuff with it. Being being able to play like League of Legends or um, something like that, and not be like in the like browser. Yeah, absolutely. Be pretty cool. But also, you can already game on these things because you have controller support and everything mm-hmm. like that, and the 
like stadia and stuff like that but the latency on those things is not wonderful yeah that's always going to be a problem especially in competitive games right so i think this could be something where uh, like you said a high school or college kid that can't really afford like a really expensive computer but they can get like a 12th gen i5 or i3 you know intel computer Mm -hmm. that's a chromebook and maybe even get something subsidized by their school, right? Yep. Um, and or something like that it can have all those like permissions, things like that, and it just lets them like use some use ten percent of the hard drive space to play some casual games. That's that's pretty pretty good. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Like um, the computer I had at school was was fairly fine, but it didn't really play games that, that you would really want to play. Um, but you know, just the idea of you can have oh, a couple indie games, you know, go play FTL or something like that, Rim World. Yeah. To like, oh hey, you you do the thing that I did in college where I was like, oh, I don't want to have to rush to my next class, so I'll make sure I always have like half an hour, an hour in between my courses. And I hated that. That was a terrible yeah. decision, worst semester of my life, because <laughs> it just leaves you having so much free time. It took you ten minutes to get to the building, and now what do you do for fifty minutes? Right. You know, it's not. You don't have enough time to go walk and go get a meal you don't have enough time to really go do anything you got less than an hour but yeah boom play a couple rounds of some game that'd be perfect yeah exactly so i think this is a good move i I do think it kind of loses sight of the whole stadia thing that google's doing so stadia in trouble maybe this is going to be their solution they were like oh no no that was a mistake we shouldn't have spent money on all that infrastructure i i talked with thomas about this for a long time for many for like a year because uh he had really bad internet at the time and he mm-hmm. was like oh look but you know soon you get good internet this will be so great people that don't have the hardware i was like but this is just games for windows live all over again you're not going to get around that latency nope and then when finally someone called it out and they were in like some press thing or some interview and they were like what is your plan if like people have bad isps and like latency and packet loss they don't use that and, stadia <laughs> well no they looked directly into the camera and they said well, those internet service providers will want to offer the best service possible, so I'm sure they'll fix those problems. <laughs> it's like because like you'll just go to a different internet provider if you don't. It was it was so out of touch. I was like, you know what? Look, major cities, this will probably work great. Anywhere else, this is not going to no, work. It's not and it didn't work. work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see if they're backing off of that some because again, there there are certain places that that cloud gaming works really well. Yeah. It's just not the majority of the geographical space. You might even get majority of population because, you know, again, most big cities are probably okay. But, you know, as soon as you're not in the big city, that's not doing so well. <laughs> all right. Well, do you have anything else you want to say for this episode? No, I think I'm good. We all hit right. it all. So this has been Season 5, Episode 8 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. Really appreciate you listening to us. Uh, would love for you to maybe engage with us a little bit more and uh, give us some ideas on things that you'd like for us to talk about. So we've got a Twitter and a Patreon down below that you can either be part of the Patreon or just send us some messages on Twitter. I do look at that every now and then. Uh, Otherwise, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.